Welcome to Pour Out Ministries podcast. We are so thankful you're listening today. Our prayer for every single listener is that your heart would be awakened for more of Jesus, that the love of the Father would wash over you and the power of the Holy Spirit would burn in you. We love you and we believe you'll be blessed today as you listen to the Word of God. disconnection, but it was to prepare you for reconnection and leadership. We must understand divine disconnection. A lot of us have experienced what I call a wilderness season, or even just a season of dryness, a season of maybe feeling disconnected, even from the body of Christ sometimes. You you feel like, man, I just can't find where I fit. I can't find that connection that I'm looking for. And it's like you're longing for something on the inside, what I call family. You're longing for that sense of connection where you're like, this is where this is where I belong. And I think that what I'm calling divine disconnection, not disconnection because the heart of offense or disconnection because you wanted to live a lifestyle of sin. But I believe we can find in the Word over and over and over again what I call divine disconnection, a season of divine disconnection. We can look at Abraham. Abraham, leave your father's house. That was a a season where Abraham had to be divinely disconnected, not for the purpose of not belonging anywhere, but for the purpose of reconnection and for the purpose of actually stepping into what God had on his heart to actually advance in the earth. Um, We can look at Joseph. Joseph was divinely disconnected, but it circled back around, and not only was he reconnected with the ones who their hands actually cut them. Joseph's own brothers cut him off from the family, but yet he had to go through a season of disconnection that prepared his heart to actually receive the ones that did him wrong. We can look at Moses. Moses runs into this wilderness season 40 years, but then he has the burning bush encounter. We can look at Esther. We can look at David. We can look at Mary. We can look at Peter, and we can look at Paul and many others. But I believe that these divine disconnections are coming to an end for what I'm going to say is is a lot of Davids. I believe there's a lot of Davids in the room. But David, his name actually actually means beloved. Dahavi means beloved. And Isaiah, in Isaiah 22, 22, it says that I've placed the key of David on your shoulder. And with that key, you will open doors that no man can open. You can close doors that no man can close. 
that key of David is the key of intimacy. It is, it's, a, it's a key that you actually get so intimate with the Father that that intimacy is what entrusts you to open up open up doors. Um, I want to read I'm gonna read something real quick out of a book that I've been reading. It's kind of a different read for me, um, but it's very interesting. So I'm actually I'll tell you the title of it. It's called Blue Man. A very interesting read. I, I recommend it. Um, I like to read things on things on topics, you know, integrity, fruits of the spirit, uh, you know, prophecy, you know, just or I like to read things that are, you know, teach doctrine or theology. I, that's my kind of reading. This is actually a novel, and it's a Christian novel written by a man named John Elmore, Blue Man. The reason I read it, I feel like I was divinely led to it, but the reason I, I decided to read it is because there's some men that forwarded this book in the faith that I, that I really, really admire. And when I saw their names attached to it, I said, hmm, I think I'm supposed to read this. Let me read, read this to you. It says, uh, you're not going to know what's going on to help you understand. But she looked at him thoughtfully. She said, may I ask you what happened to you, Ezra? You once spoke at conferences. You once wrote articles for Christian magazines. And you also had a growing prophetic ministry. And then you just suddenly disappeared. The church world wasn't ready for me, he answered. It was too much drama, too much self-promotion. And I realized that my cowboy culture had more common sense and integrity than the church did. And how has this worked out for you, she asked. He said, spiritually, it can be a desert. She said, are you in a good local church? He replied, no. She said, Ezra, you are more than a dream interpreter. You have seen miracles. You've walked in the miraculous, and now you are hiding in the hills. She said, are you a Samson or a Jonah? Samson allowed himself to become bound and blinded, but Jonah refused to give the word of God to people he didn't like. He said, did you come to interrogate me? She said, you're right, I'm sorry, but I would like to know why you disappeared from the body of Christ. There are seasons of divine disconnection, but if we aren't careful and we don't process those seasons correctly, they can become prolonged, and they can actually be our demise. You see, we're not, we're not made to do things alone. We're made to do things together. We're not made to look at the way someone else does things and refuse to run with them because they don't say things exactly how you say them or do things exactly how you do them. And we have to be very careful that I believe this season of 
divine disconnection for many Davids is coming to an end. And we have to we have to look at some of the keys that David gives us in his life so that we can move in to what I'm calling the season of reconnection. The season of leadership that many of y'all have been mantled with on your life. Many of y'all were anointed. Many of y'all were you've heard the word of the Lord over your life, but yet it's been such a season of disconnection for so long that you've gotten to the place where even though you remember those words, that sometimes it's hard to step back into the faith to actually manifest those things in the earth. And so I want to read out of 1 Samuel chapter 21 to you. I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture. I'm going to start at verse 1 in 1 Samuel 21. It says, now David, actually I'm going to back up. I'm going to go to the last verse of chapter 20. 1 Samuel 20, verse 42, because I think this is an important piece. It says, And Jonathan said to David, Go in peace. This is where David's divine disconnection actually takes place right here. Jonathan says to David, Go in peace. Since we have both sworn in the name of the Lord, say, May the Lord be between you and me, and be between your descendants and my descendants forever. So he arose and he departed, and Jonathan went back into the city. Now David came to Nob, to Ahimelech, the priest. There's a, another translation that, that don't use the word Ahimelech. It actually uses the word Abathar. Abathar, the high priest. And interestingly, Abathar means father of abundance. And so David's divinely disconnected, and he leaves, and he goes to a place called Nob, and he finds the high priest at the time, whose name is Abathar, and Abathar means father of abundance. We'll keep that in mind for later. But now David came to Nob to Ahimelech, the, the priest, and Ahimelech was afraid when he met David. And he said to him, why are you alone, and why is no one with you? So David said to Ahimelech the priest, The king has ordered me on some business, and said to me, Do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you, or what I have commanded you, and I have directed my young men to such and such place. Now therefore, what have you on hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand, or whatever you can find. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread. Say common bread. There is no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread. If the young men have at least kept themselves from women, then David answered the priest and said to him, Truly, women have been kept from us for about three days since I came out, and the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in effect common, even though it was consecrated in the vessel this day. So the priests gave him the holy bread, for there was no bread there but the showbread of the bread of presence, which had been taken from before the Lord in order to, to put hot bread in its place on the day when it was taken away. Verse 7. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, 
that came before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite, the chief of the herdsmen who belonged to Saul. And David said to Ahimelech, Is there not here on hand a spear or a sword? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required such haste. So the priest said, The sword of Goliath. Say the sword of Goliath. The Philistine whom you killed in the valley of Elah, it is here, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take if you will take that, take it, for there is no other except that one here. And David said, There is none like it, give it to me. I read this chapter about two weeks ago. I was actually it was a Thursday night. I met a guy up here, and we were just talking about the Lord and going through the Word and doing some things, and he left, and I really, I just had this impression where the Lord was like, why don't you just sit with me for a little while, and why don't you just sit with me? So I sat down, and I grabbed, grabbed my Bible, and I began to read 1 Samuel 21, because it's just kind of the vein that the Lord has me in is looking at different seasons of transition. Because I believe in the spirit right now, we're in a major, major season of transition. And where better can we find how to transition except for the word of the Lord? All throughout the word of the Lord, there's seasons of transition. And I think it's important for us to, to look at the word of the Lord. So here David is, he's fleeing from Saul, and he's entering this divine disconnection season. And the first thing, what is the first thing David does? He goes to the house of the Lord. And not just any house, he goes to the high priest. He, he goes to the place where he can actually get into the presence of God. And David, he's actually lying when he gets there. So he's not doing things correctly. And a lot of times when we get disconnected, things don't happen correctly. When we go through season, a wilderness season, even if our heart is pure, sometimes things just don't happen correctly. When you deal with people and when when you are, are trying to walk before the Lord just with a pure heart and you see and you may have tunnel vision and all you can see is what you can see and you can't see around, around you, you can't see in your peripherals, and you get disconnected, sometimes things go wrong. And this is what's happening with David. So he runs into the house of the Lord. He actually lies to the priest. But he asks for two things. He asks for bread, and he asks for a sword. And this is what the Lord began to unpack in my heart about the season that, many, that I'm in. But I believe that many Davids in the earth are in right now. See, David, he, he knew that his answer, number one, was in the house of the Lord. Even though he may be going through a season of disconnection, he didn't disconnect from the place that God had spoken to him over and over and over again. And so he runs into the house of the Lord, and he asks for this bread, for not just him, but for those that were with him. 
The priest gives him not just any bread, but he gives him holy bread. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. This is a season where common bread will not do. This is a season where you have to get holy bread. This is a season where you may be used to listening to podcasts a couple times a week, but I'm telling you in this season, you better not settle for a podcast. You better get holy bread. You better get bread that you actually come before the Lord and you spend time with him and he actually gives it to you. Not something that's been regurgitated from someone else who ate it and then gives it to you. You go get bread. You go get daily bread. You will not make it unless you go get daily bread. You're not going to be satisfied unless you go get daily bread from the presence of the Lord. It's the only place you're going to be able to get it. And I'm not saying to quit listening to those things that feed your faith. What I'm saying is don't be satisfied with only that. Make sure that, because here's the thing. You can coast on somebody else's relationship with God. Absolutely, 100%. I can coast on some of my heroes in the faith. I can coast on that relationship with the Lord. And it will, because it is anointed and it is coming out of the presence of the Lord, I can actually get built up on it. I can actually feel the anointing and I can get my spiritual fix. But the season that we are entering into as the body of Christ, you better make sure that the bread you're eating, you're, put it this way, you're killing the pig, you're putting it on the fire, you're making sure that you're roasting it and that you're cooking it and that you're watching over it and that you're eating it. Because somebody else's meal that they got in the presence of God is not going to do in this season. The second thing that David asked for is he said, I came in such a hurry, and it was another lie, but he said, I came in such a hurry that I didn't have time to grab a, a, a spear or a sword. Do you have a sword? And the priest says something interesting to me. And I've been pondering on this for weeks because it's just been, it, it's been bread. It's been feeding me. He said, the only sword I have is the sword of Goliath, which you use to slay the giant in the valley of Elah. And I love how one translation puts it. He, the priest says, you know, it's wrapped up behind in some cloth behind the ephod. One translation I read actually says, but it's stuck back in the clothes closet. So basically, this sword was stuck back in the closet where the priests kept their garments. And David, I love his reply. He said, that'll do. Give it to me. And here, man, this is where I got completely undone. Here David is in this season of disconnection. This season where he's been anointed king of Israel, but yet the man that he was serving is hurling spears at him, trying to kill him. He's having to, he's having to flee. David actually said later on in 1 
1 Samuel 22, he's, he described the season he was in. He said, I am literally one step away from death. This is how intense this season is for David. But yet, he's been anointed king. The word of the Lord's been spoken over his life. He's had these mountain-high moments, but now he's down in these valley moments where he's actually running into the house of God and lying. But yet had enough nerve and enough knowledge about the God that he served that I could ask for bread and I could ask for a weapon. And what I begin to ponder on, actually quit, I was sitting up here on this stool and I put the, the Bible down, I began to ponder on what it was like for David in this season where he couldn't really understand everything. I began to ponder what it was like when he left the house of the Lord that day. He just didn't have the common bread, but he had holy bread. He just didn't have a sword, but he had the sword of Goliath. What must it be like to hold the sword of Goliath when you're in a season that you don't understand and it's hard to sometimes to see victory over the enemy, but then the sword of Goliath gets put in your hand and you remember, you don't just remember, the same anointing comes on you the day that you slayed Goliath. The same anointing begins to well up in your inner being. And you begin to feel the confidence of of the Holy Spirit come on you and you begin to remember and you begin to rehearse it in your mind when you showed up to the battle that day and because you had been in the presence of the Lord and you had been kissed with the kisses of his mouth and equipped for battle you begin to remember and rehearse what it was like to look at that giant and say how dare you defy the armies of the living God how dare you come against the one that I love, the one that I serve. You remember what it was like when the Spirit of the Lord came upon you and you ran towards that, that giant with full confidence that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sling this rock and I'm going to hit him square between the eyes. That today the victory will be the Lord's. And I felt the word of the Lord not only to me but to a lot of Davids in this season is if we're going to come out of the divine disconnection that we entered into, and we're going to be able to reconnect the way that he's calling us to reconnect, and to begin to lead the way that he's calling us to lead, he's telling you to, I'm, he's telling you to go behind the ephod and begin to put the sword of Goliath back in your hand. He's telling you to begin to remember the victories that you had in other seasons. Because this sword of Goliath is actually going to be the sword that you will use in this season to slay the next giant. And I've just begun to ponder on that. And I sat up here and I said, Lord, I said, I feel, I feel that anointing on my life. I feel that, that giant slaying that, what do we do? Where, where do I go? I begin to feel it begin to well up in me. And for two or three weeks now, I've just said, every morning I woke up and said, I'm coming to get holy bread. And I'm putting the sword of Goliath back in my hand. you got to remember that we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. This is how we overcome the world. First John tells us that we overcome the world even by our faith. And for weeks now we've been talking about the gift of faith. I remember 1 Samuel 21 
a lot of people believe that this is where, when he's coming into the house of the Lord asking for this bread, a lot of people believe this is where David actually penned the verses of, of the psalm. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. But here David is, he's actually asking for bread. He's begging for bread. But yet, because he got holy bread in the presence of the Lord, it gave him the confidence to write, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor the seed begging bread. Divine disconnection. Most of the reason for the disconnection that many have experienced, the enemy will talk to you, he'll twist it, he'll 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 get in your ear and, and try to manipulate your life and make you believe that you were wrong, that you missed it, that the reason you don't feel fully connected in the season that you're in is because you had a bad attitude, you got offended, uh, you're lawless, you're rebellious, all these different things that the enemy will come and try to beat you down to a place where you can never get back up. He will he do it over and over and over again. But I'm, I want to speak over you tonight that all those things are lies. That there really is divine disconnection, that there really is a wilderness, a wilderness season for the believer. And we're coming out of it. But the main reason, I talked all about the lies, but I forgot to talk about the main reason for divine disconnection. The main reason is the preparation of the Lord. It's the number one reason. It's the preparation of the Lord. He is a great planner. I forget what lady this was, but I wish I could remember her name. It's a, a mature lady. I can't use the word old. That's right. That's right. A mature lady. And the Lord, she used to say, oh, what a planner. Oh, what a God. Oh, what a planner. Oh, what a God. And he really is a planner, but divine disconnection normally happens because you are hearing things ahead of, you, of ahead of the time for them to actually manifest. And so what we do is as soon as you hear something, and we got we actually have to get better, as soon as you hear something, it doesn't always mean it's the time to release it, and it doesn't always mean it's the time to manifest it. Because there's, when you hear something, we have to begin to learn that most of the time when we hear something, we have to go through the preparation to be able to actually walk into the, into the character and the integrity that it takes to
Joseph. He got in so much trouble just because just because he was a dreamer. And some of us in this room you've gone through so much trouble just because you were a dreamer. season of 
fasting. Don't you know that? But y'all are out here at weddings turning water to wine and stuff. I mean, what do you do with it? It's a season to fast. And this is what Jesus replies. Jesus answered, How can the sons of the bridal chamber fast when the bridegroom is next to them? As long as the bridegroom is with them, they won't. But the days of fasting will come when the bridegroom is taken from them. And who would bend a worn-out clothing with a new fabric? When the new cloth shrinks, it will rip, making the tear worse than before. And who would pour new wine into an old wineskin? Eventually the wine will fer ferment and make the wineskin burst, losing everything. The wine will be spilled in the wineskin's room. Instead, new wine is always poured into new wineskins. Pause there. I've always stopped right there. Always stopped right there. And I have pondered on these verses. These are some of my favorite verses because it, it's like, I don't know, it's exciting. A new thing, a new thing, you know, especially if you're, if you ran in revival camps or prophetic streams or whatever you want to call yourself, the charismatic world, like whatever label, you, we hear these verses all the time. And we hear that God is doing a new thing all the time. And it's like, okay, is he always doing a new thing? You know, what's going on? And so I've always kind of stopped right there and really been intimate with the Lord and said, Lord, speak to me. What, what does this mean? And so I want to keep going a little ways. The next verse is Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath. One Sabbath, Jesus and his disciples were walking through a field of wheat. The disciples were hungry, so they plucked off some some heads of grain to eat. But when some of the Pharisees saw what was happening, they said to him, Look, your disciples shouldn't be harvesting grain on the Sabbath. Pause one more time again. First they were mad that they weren't fasting in the season of fasting. And now, in the very next story, they're mad because they're not operating inside of the Sabbath like they're supposed to be operating inside of the Sabbath. And they're eating again. They're mad. They're eating again. Not only are they picking grain on the Sabbath, but here they go eating again in the season of fasting. And so the season that the Pharisees and, John, and even John's disciples thought it was, it wasn't the season. They were operating outside of the season they were supposed to be in. Let's keep reading and then I'm going to make a couple points here. Jesus responded, haven't you ever read what King David and his men did Man. when they were hungry? They entered the house of God when Abathar, the high priest, with Abathar, the high priest, and ate the sacred bread, the bread of God's presence. They violated the law by eating bread that only the priests were allowed to eat. But here, but there is one here who is even greater than the temple. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for the sake of people, 
and not the people for the Sabbath. For this reason, the Son of Man exercises his lordship over the Sabbath. So here Jesus actually refers to 1 Samuel 21. And he says, you're mad because I'm eating. You're mad because I'm picking grain on the Sabbath. And what he was basically saying is, haven't, haven't you read, of all people, haven't you read what David did when him and his men were hungry? To me, basically, that's, a, that's an indictment against their hunger. That's an indictment against their, their spiritual numbness, their ability not to see what is happening, their ability to not know the time or the season that the body of Christ is in. Jesus is basically saying, if you were hungry, you would be walking right behind me, plucking the head of, head of grain and eating what my disciples are eating. Hunger makes you do strange things. Hunger makes you do things that, to one person, it, it might look like you're actually violating the law. But to, to the one who just can't get enough, it's the only option at the time. And what I'm, I want to break tradition off of people's minds and off of their life. There's sometimes, if you're not getting what you need, it's, it's, it's time to go back to the drawing board. It's time to say, there's something in me that I know he is good enough to satisfy. Because David wrote, taste and see that the Lord is good. And if I'm not satisfied, there may be something else that I need to find. Because it's a season where I need holy bread. It's a season where I need something that is sweet. Something that's going to equip. Something that's going to revive. And here's the shift that I believe we're in. Jesus says this. He says, the Sabbath, y'all say this with me. Say, the Sabbath was made for the sake of people. And not people for the Sabbath. Verse 28, for this reason the Son of Man exercises his lordship over the Sabbath. The season shift we are in right now and the hunger and the discontentment people are experiencing is the changing of the Sabbath. People no longer serve the Sabbath, but the Sabbath now serves the people. For me, what this looks like is every time I've read about the new wineskin, every time I've, I've looked at those verses and tried to ponder and meditate on what is, how do we become the new wineskin? How do we become the new wineskin? Many times I've, I've read that and I've been in some form of leadership or some form of ministry and I immediately begin to try to figure out how to change the experience of the corporate environment into a new wineskin. I, I immediately begin to say, okay, what do you want to change? What do you want to do? Is it, you know, how do we, we change the, the temple 
into a new wineskin. I'm going to read this over and over again. He said to them, the Sabbath was made for the sake of people and not people for the Sabbath. For this reason, the Son of Man exercises his lordship over the Sabbath. Another thing he said to them just two verses back was he said, one greater than the temple is here. One greater than the temple is here. Help me, Holy Ghost. People are hungry for holy bread. But we've done the same thing. The same mistake that was made right here, we have made. And we've turned the Sabbath. And when I say Sabbath, here in America, we don't have many, we, we have a, probably a remnant that really practices that, that Sabbath rest. But when I say Sabbath, I'm just talking about the tradition of the Sunday morning American version of Christianity. That's what that's what I mean. We have turned that expression into something and demanded that people serve. We've demanded that people serve it with with whatever whatever it may be. And we do serve the house of the Lord, but I'm talking about we've made the priority serving the Sabbath. We've made the priority not the holy bread. We've made the priority the duty of the Sabbath. And that day is completely gone and over. And a new age has actually transitioned now. It's been here. But it's actually been here for years, I believe. But it's beginning to manifest now in the earth where people are actually not serving Sabbath anymore. They're saying we're done with serving Sabbath. We're, we're hungry and we're starving and we are looking for holy bread. We are looking for something that is going to fill and satisfy us. And I, I know this in my gut. I know what I feel in the spirit. I, I feel that that authority to, like he said, exercise our authority over the Sabbath once again and to begin to step into a new season where we can actually bring people into a place where they can devour holy bread and where we can release the anointing on their life to slay the giants that they actually have been serving for years. They've been serving giants because no one has served them holy bread. They've been serving giants because a priest said, oh, this sword of Goliath, let me stick it back here in a clothes closet. We're not going to talk about that anymore. But I'm telling you, the season is coming where Davids are showing up on the scene again and saying, I know I was disconnected, but something in me is telling me to run this way again. Something in me is telling me to call that person and go have lunch. Something in me is saying that it's a season of reconnection 
But I'm not just reconnecting to reconnect. I'm reconnecting because there's a mantle of leadership on my life. And I'm coming not only with holy bread, but I'm coming with the sword of Goliath. Isaiah 66, verse 1 and 2 says this, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build for me? And where is the place of my rest? Verse 2, For all these things my hand has made, and all these things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of contract spirit, and on who and on he who trembles at my word. See, I believe David was a man who trembled after God's word. He trembled after God's word. So the last thing I'll share and then we'll we'll wrap it up. The only thing that has pulled me through seasons of disconnection is staying tender enough to tremble at the word of God. I have many friends that they've even walked away from this book being inspired by the Holy Spirit. It breaks my heart. They still love God. They, you know, but they've fallen into such bondage, not only in their mind, but in their physical bodies, because they decided that this book was flawed and that it wasn't inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it's such a deception of the enemy, and it's running rampant through my generation, because we think that there's a, a better way. And this book, there's no better way. There's, there's no better way. Because here's the thing. There are times when I can get in a, a prophetic swirl and flow. and I, I can even, God can pull me into visions at times and all that kind of stuff. But the, the majority of the time, the way the Lord speaks to me is through the word of the Lord. And there have been seasons in my life where I could not navigate. I could not hear. And I could not feel. And I was distraught, and I was down, and I was depressed, and there was sin and compromise in my heart. I've, I've been through all of that, but the one thing I could always do is I could just go sit down and open this book and begin to read, and the water of the Word would begin to wash me. It would begin to wash my life. And I'm telling you, every single day, there's a reason the most famous prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. We have to eat. They said, teach us how to pray. And he made sure he included, give us this day our daily bread. We have to eat the word on a daily basis. The first time I ever got to share publicly in front of a, a, a large setting, 
I got to share my testimony of what God had done in my life, just how he delivered me from drug addiction and, and just brought me back into the kingdom of God. And the first time I ever got to share my testimony publicly, I literally felt a fire in my belly. I, could, I felt this flame on the inside. And I'm sharing my testimony the whole time. It's like, I feel fire. Like, I wanted to just say, fire! You know, it's just... <laughs> Like, I felt the presence of God so strong. And I'll never forget, there was a pastor. The next day, he came and he handed me a, a letter. And I, I got in my truck after he handed it to me. And I opened it up and I read it. And it was, I believe, First Timothy. I'm going to read it. of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Y'all listen to that one more time. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. I opened up this letter, and that verse was the first thing on there. He had handwritten it out, and he began to go on and, and write me and encourage me. He said, the gift of God is on your life. He said, God's hand is upon you. He said, but whatever you do, and wherever you go, and wherever God may take you, he said, that verse will get you through. And in the moment, it wasn't that it wasn't that big of a deal to me. I was just like, that's a good verse. But he was so right. He was so right. See, there's even a prophecy in Ezekiel where the Lord uses Ezekiel to rebuke the spiritual shepherds of that day. He says, you know where the clear water is. But before you even lead my people there, you go muddy it up. And you make them actually drink the muddy waters when you know how to lead people to the clear water. I'm telling you, we have the ability to drink the clearest revelation, the clearest water that comes straight from the river that's flowing from the Lamb. He, Revelation says that the river of God is crystal clear. And we don't have to be confused in this season. We can run to the Father of abundance and say we need bread and do you have any weapons? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And he'll put the sword of Goliath in your hand. And he'll equip you for whatever giant that is standing in front of you. For I believe every person in this room, I believe you are called to take down giants. You're called to take down giants. 
You're called to slay him. You're called not to just, you're called to cut the head of the giant off. So, Father, tonight, God, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your sweet presence. I thank you for your sweet presence, God, that I feel on me right now. God, I thank you for the word of the Lord. I thank you for the season shift, God. God, we're not serving tradition anymore. God, we're not serving duty. We're not serving what people want us to do. People may say it's a season to fast, God. It may, they may say it's a season to, to not do this or not do that. But God, let us obey the word of the Lord. Let us obey the word of the Lord over our life. Let us not be distracted. I'm going to obey the word of the Lord right now. Jonathan, I want to sing that. I'm not going to get in a hurry tonight. I want to sing the air I breathe. And I want to just give space just for a few moments. For God to really just begin to take you to that place where he can begin to distribute holy bread to you. He can begin to put swords back in your hand, trophies that you actually took down giants. You know, it could be your own salvation story, but there's something I'm telling you, there's an, there's an anointing that we're called to walk in. Isaiah tells us that the anointing is what breaks the yoke. And a lot of times we live under a yoke that we're not called to, to carry. We live under a yoke that we just actually learn how to, to actually sleep in the same bed with. But there's a sword that you once held that brought such breakthrough in your life. And it's the reason you're still here tonight. It's the reason you're in this room tonight. It's because at one point there was such a degree of a, an anointing that rested upon you that you could take down any giant that ever came against you. And I'm telling you tonight, you're going to recover that anointing. You are going to recover that type of tenacity. You are going to recover that type of heart that is tender enough to run to the Father. And anything He gives you to eat on, you don't just eat on it, but you actually begin to do it. See, we've had enough revelation. The bread was actually made to sustain you physically so that you could perform that which he anointed you to do. And tonight, someone's going to recover that.
But God, I declare tonight, she's finally found the connection that she was designed for. She's found family, God. She's found a place where she belongs, God. She's found a place where she receives holy bread, God. God, we declare she was anointed by you years and years and years ago, God. And I declare over her that that same anointing that came on her at the beginning is still on her today, God. In the giants that you have called her to slay, God, I declared she would leave here tonight, God, with such a sustenance on the inside of her, with such a, a, a new feeling of being equipped on the inside of her, God. God, I declared like she declared over her dad, God, that miracles still do happen. I declare over her tonight, God, that the miracles she's holding on to and believing for, God, God, they're happening. They're coming to pass, God. God, I thank you for wholeness. And we bless her with the peace of God tonight. The presence of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love you. Love you. Oh, a lot of, I believe, this. I was just saying, I believe that something's shifting tonight. I believe that there's going to be such a, you're such a warrior. Amen. You're such a David. Like you are the beloved. God loves you so much. And something is shifting tonight. And I declare over you, you are about to start eating some of the holiest bread that you've ever tasted in your entire life. You're about to get such bread delivered straight to you from the throne room of God. You're going to begin to chew on it. You're going to dissect the different flavors that you're tasting. You're going to be able to articulate it into what you're supposed to manifest into. And I declare over you, you're going to begin to get so filled up. You're going to get so filled up that it's just going to have to come out. Like we were talking about a couple weeks ago, out of the abundance of your heart. Your mouth is going to begin to speak. Your tongue is being loosed again. You speak what he tells you to speak. You don't have to be afraid. The sword of Goliath is in your hand. The sword of Goliath is in your hand. Father, I thank you for strength, God. Infuse her with strength in her inner being. Through the power right now of the Holy Spirit, I thank you even right now. It's coming on her right now.
feel like we're lingering for a reason, so don't. Thank you for listening to today's message. Make sure to stay connected through following us on Facebook or visiting our website at pouroutministries.com. If you would like to sow into what God is doing through Pour Out Ministries, there will be a link in the description below. We hope you have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time on the podcast. Thank you.